0: All right, we got another special edition of Rare Candy. We have a guest today. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, COVID, lockdowns, vaccines. Um, really hitting on the vaccine today because uh, it's wintertime, right? It was the second wave. or I, I, I thought the second wave already happened, but okay.
1: It's like the 12th wave. Yeah, right it's the, the 12th point. wave. It it, it, let's <laughs> be real.
0: Are we, doing, are we counting yeah. the microwaves? I don't know. Like, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so... Uh, today we have on um, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say her name is Serena you're you're with us today to to talk about this and uh, thanks for joining us first of all and um, it's I guess let's go into a little bit of like your background so I guess to someone who's listening and say why what do you what gives you the right to have these claims right before we get into this
2: well thank you for having me and uh, looking forward to this conversation um, as for my background um i guess the simplest explanation um i have always been passionate about science i grew up in a very um free thinking family i guess Um, but my mom was also a microbiologist has a background in science and so she always emphasized that growing up which led to me participating in science fairs for about eight years all the way like from second or third grade up until I graduated high school. And by the time I got to high school, I was actually working in a lab doing like cell biology research that I presented. And a lot of people don't realize like science fairs can lead you to like literally, and this was not me, but like the winners of the top international science fairs get literally hundreds of thousands of dollars in prizes and scholarships. So it's a very competitive space with very high stakes. I did not get that, but I competed in several of those international science fairs. Um, And so I love science. I love the scientific method. I love scientific research. I went into college and I got a degree in biochemistry as well as policy studies. But I am also a big fan of true independent science that isn't politically and corporate driven. And and that comes from just other things I care about and environmentalism and um, animal rights, which I'm also passionate about. And so I don't take anything at face value. And I think the, that we all need to look at the evidence and data for ourselves as best as we can and that anytime anything happens, whether it's a pandemic or vaccines or GMOs or whatever it is. I like to read the actual studies, the actual data, and the actual evidence
0: nah, nah, because nah, I think it Science gets So nope. biased. Sorry.
1: Yeah, don't buy yeah. it. No. And uh... that's, well, that's how we, we met too, was kind of, and we won't get into the details yet here, but I'm um, just kind of confronting the corporate traditional power structures of science and how everyone believes that at face value. And, uh, whether, yeah, whether, especially in the food and agriculture realms, um, which is definitely more connected to the vaccine and the coronavirus thing, people will, are willing to admit at first, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yep. and yeah, we hit it off and uh, uh, just kind of are, you know, once you're on the same page with this stuff, it, you kind of realize that everyone's having this, coming to the same conclusions, the same realizations about how our world operates, how how these power structures operate. And it's, I don't know why it's not more obvious to other people. That's like my big question now is like, why, why are we the special ones? And I'm not like putting a feather in our cap or anything, but like, why is this so obvious to us and other people just can't see it with this stuff, whether it be coronavirus or whatever. Cause you know, this is all happening in real time, right? This virus and everyone's immediately getting divided up into different camps. And usually in the same family, there's all different camps, right? Which is super funny. Yeah. Not always, but usually. And uh, it's just really—it's really more like a, a Rorschach test of of your previous beliefs on everything else that's going on, vaccines or on everything. And I do think some people are being, for lack of a better term, like red pilled into different thinking with this coronavirus thing. I think I see a lot more like normies, quote unquote, that are that are. Um, that are getting way more like wait what's going on yeah, but so in your general... homelessness
0: poverty will do that to you yeah
1: yeah I mean, exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah when when,
0: when you haven't you know with a death yeah. rate as low as it is you know mm-hmm. what i mean like that that will
1: happen i mean it happened to me yeah yeah you know I mean? and well and serena um was i was kind of i'm like hey a little snaker there he is yeah and i was kind of um I was definitely, you know, super skeptical of like the whole Bill Gates agenda and the vaccine that was coming way back in March and April and everything. Um, But I definitely Serena was the first one that was really like, hey, are these lockdowns really working? And I was kind of like, I remember I was kind of like, well, like, I'm definitely pro lockdown, you know, for the two weeks, like, let's just do it and get it over with kind of thing. And and weeks. then you were kind of like you didn't push me but you were kind of like check this out check that out and then i went like full on into that. and i'm like
0: oh, remember i remember, I remember when you hit me up one day like you're just yeah.
1: like yo man nah like like, <laughs> yeah. was like
0: hey yeah. let you know like yeah. this is bullshit i was like and then, hey I've, yeah. I've i've always deferred to you in these fields so and
1: then well yeah. then it was the topic of our pod for like like two weeks straight i feel no it, it's like it's what yeah, the pod is like, about like, <laughs> yeah <no>? yeah basically <laughs> the yeah entire thing, it came the we started this shit at the perfect time but i didn't mean to I don't know. Go on, Serena. I didn't mean. To oh be- no, you're fine. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I think yeah. I
2: answered your question. Yeah. That's, I. So I just always research everything, and I really, really hate the whole like pro science, anti science, oh. framing and rhetoric because science is so much more complex than that, and. That to me, and people love to use that terminology now, but that is like a red flag to me to shut down conversation and just not delve into the details, into the data, into the the gray areas, which there are many in many scientific yeah. issues. Yeah. Um, and so mm-hmm. I, and the reason I keep doing what I'm doing now and talking about this issue is because I'm really freaked out about the, the dir- direction that our public officials are taking things using bad data bad analysis um yeah. and and hype
1: so before we get into the vaccine wh- what's what are some of the first things that set you off about this whole thing and you know, we already had a history with you know our, our, talking about Bill Gates and his agenda. We can talk about him and let's get to that um, later.
0: I, I want to get to yeah. the root of this. You know, yeah, I mean, uh, like the root where we were at from what was it March? Right, March yeah. is when when everything really mm-hmm. went to shit. So like what? Yeah, uh, yeah I'm sorry, Kajab, but what what? uh
1: No, good. like yeah.
0: What, yeah, that March. Take me where you were in March. Right, when everything starts going down, most people were kind of like, eh, let's shut down, and it was kind of politicized to where it was like, no, 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 MAGA doesn't want to shut down right but people want to shut down uh-huh. MAGA wants to shut down where is your brain at this moment like or at that moment
2: uh it was all over actually so originally when even before the shutdown happened like you know march 10th ish when like we i saw it was coming i kept hearing that various places were shutting down but it hadn't quite reached us yet and my first thought because everyone was spreading the, you know, flatten the curve. This isn't because we're going to try and stop the virus. This is just because we're worried about hospitals getting overwhelmed, you know, just two weeks to flatten the curve. And I was actually compelled by that. Like the idea of doing that just for two weeks because we needed to flatten the curve. And it wasn't, and because and it wasn't framed at that time as trying to stop the virus. It was framed as we know it's coming. We just don't want to overwhelm hospitals. And so I was kind of on board with that as well. But there were a couple red flags because when we started shutting down and talking about that, I remember like the first thing I thought about was the measles outbreaks that have been really hyped up the last two years. And I it confused me because I connect the hype around the measles outbreaks with an agenda to push vaccines on people. Like there was a clear profit motive to me for why they would hype that disease up and try to make it scarier than I think the data really shows well, what do you mean
0: hype. I'm sorry. It, was, it was like, as far as like how I remember it kind of, I, mean, I don't have children mm-hmm. and it wasn't like that. So when you say, hype the measles by? Are you saying like skewing data or is it- uh...
2: Like fear mongering that anyone that chooses or has not gotten the MMR vaccine is threatening and killing people because of their, their choice. In particular, the Orthodox Jewish community in um, New York City uh, was, I mean, in my view, they had their religious freedom completely taken from them because New York public health officials were so worried about- measles that they were fining or threatening to fine families that allowed their unvaccinated children in public in New York City. Mm
1: -hmm. And Do you want to to rewind just for a quick second and talk about your mom and your history? If not, that's okay. But I mean, I think it's important because people just think you're some crazy yeah i'm trying, to, or I'm or trying to get clear the
0: anti-vax science denier type thing because i think we okay. yeah. yeah we align with a lot of people and i don't not a lot of them i think a lot of people that listen to the show actually are a little more uh truther-ism on on covid and stuff but with other vaccines other illnesses there's it's still yeah. very much a new thing for a lot of people so i, I think okay. as much history as you can go into is good on this
2: Okay. So let me rewind then. Um, so this goes back to my mom who was, like I said, a microbiologist and she worked for a large multinational pharmaceutical company and she loved science, right? She think that she used to think that vaccines were literally the greatest medical intervention on the planet. And this was, you know, early nineties. And she had a friend that you know, came to her and was like, are you going to vaccinate your kids? And my mom was like, of course, like you're crazy not to. You know, like, and, and my mom really believed that this friend was going to be endangering her children. And so, and this friend was also like not a science major, like did something in the arts. And my mom, you know, viewed that, like, she's like, Oh, this is one of those scientifically illiterate people they teach us. Mm -hmm. like She just doesn't know science. And so my mom decided that it was her duty as a good, scientist and citizen to inform her friend of how she was wrong and disprove the claims and things that my, my mom's friend was saying. And when we say research in the nineties, that isn't Googling or watching YouTube videos. Like my Uh mom didn't have access to decent internet. It wasn't what it is now. Um, and so she actually went to the medical library at a local university and dug through the primary peer-reviewed published literature on the childhood vaccines that were required at that time. And she was shocked as she looked at the original published literature, and she went by through every vaccine individually. Like, they're, they're all different. They all have a different risk-benefit profile. They all have different okay. benefits. They're not just one, you know, that would be like saying all drugs. It's like, it's a huge group. And so she went one by one looking at these and realized that many of the claims that her supposedly unscientific friend was saying about some of the the risks associated with vaccines were true and that the peer-reviewed published literature backed her up. And my mom was shocked that never in her life, never in her career, had she ever been informed or told of these things that the scientific literature actually said
1: and she was working at a, a giant she was in the vaccine industry at a giant multinational yeah i mean she company, wasn't right?
2: producing vaccines she was yeah. working in another field but yeah she worked for a pharmaceutical company um yeah. and one of the
0: that's one, like one that everyone yeah exactly yeah.
1: a, a yeah. company that's everyone, that everyone everyone's heard of right like we'll just leave it at that everyone's heard of this company right and they – yeah yes, we'll just yes. okay yeah oh okay. yeah uh-huh.
2: um and so and the other thing That was unique about my mom's job. Most people at her level that aren't like, you know, executives in the company are either on the marketing side or they're on the scientific side. And my mom had this special position where she was like sort of a technical salesperson. And so she got to sit in on meetings on the scientific and research side as well as the sales side. And so on the sales side, people are just given their company's science about their products and said, oh, you know, go give this to the the doctors or your clients or whoever it is you're talking to and give them this study about how beneficial this drug or this product is. And you're on the, on the marketing side, that's all you see. So you assume that this is, you know, obviously good, legitimate science. And then my mom goes and sits on the scientific side where she hears meetings where people are sitting around saying oh we have this new product we really need someone to do a study showing us that you know we want these certain outcomes we want to show x y and z who do you think we can get to do that study for us we've already written up the design oh i bet this this lab over here they need a new autoclave or they need new microscopes i bet if we give them a grant for that they'll do the study as we've designed it And so she basically saw that they were cooking their own studies Mm -hmm. to create a certain outcome. And this is what a lot of people don't realize about science. The way science is manipulated, it's not as straightforward like, oh, this is a false study, which there is some of that. But it's in how the studies are designed. Like you can design a study to... Find certain outcomes or show certain things, or not find certain dangers by how long you wait to see certain outcomes or what parameters you 're picking and choosing that 's how most science gets biased it 's not like we just straight up fake to study um, and that's and so my mom saw a lot of that so at that time um that kind of led her down the rabbit hole of looking into the stories that were told and the justifications for various vaccines. Um, And so like, I'll give you one example, whooping cough or pertussis, which we have a vaccine for. A lot of times I have heard and, and people have said this, right? That people who aren't getting vaccinated for that are the ones who are leading to all these outbreaks and the resurgence of these vaccine preventable diseases. And yet, if you look in the scientific literature, whether you go back five years, 10 years, 20 years, there are documented outbreaks in fully vaccinated populations every few years of whooping cough, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. all over the place. It's not a new thing. And it's really clear from the published literature that the immunity wanes after a couple years Mm, and so most adults most older teens and children they have not like immunity to whooping cough isn't enough from the vaccine at that point to prevent them from getting it and yet the hype is if you're not vaccinated for this you're the one spreading it but when you look at the literature it's completely vaccinated communities that repeatedly have outbreaks of it
1: yeah as an anecdote I got whooping cough as a teenager after being fully vaccinated as a child for every, everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And measles, too, right? The, I remember the Canadian mm-hmm. communities where there was like 100% vaccination rates and they had huge outbreaks. And they use those outbreaks, the media, as an example of like, this is why you need to vaccinate. And you're like, wait, what the fuck? Like, they, they got vaccinated. This is, you know. Yep. And it's a, and the California, and the Disneyland thing was a big one, right? We don't have to go into that. But, So, yeah. I mean, so, can, I mean I it's know. just
2: that. When I say hype, I mean, you see public health officials talking like, this is the biggest, most important thing. And whooping cough is also not dangerous unless you're like a six-month-old or under infant. Right. And so that's where we when i say hype i mean this level of panic and fear and danger like this is a dangerous deadly disease and it's unvaccinated people that are threatening us when the reality is very different and it's either not that dangerous or the vaccine is also not that beneficial or effective
1: Mm -hmm.
0: well that's Mm -hmm. a good uh segue into another uh (laughs) disease that's being framed as one of the deadliest things that's ever happened to the world uh you know it's it's consumed the entire year right even the election still feels like it's second i mean it was tied to it honestly you could uh, you could say that but even like a presidential election didn't do that so let's go back to where we started right we, yeah. you, you're the lockdowns are happening right so with all this stuff that you had all this experience uh with your mom and all that kind of stuff like that what uh what's going through your head when they first start locking down
2: Okay, so like I said, I was thinking back to some of the other hype I'd seen around infectious disease, like measles, where I've looked at the data and see that it's really not that dangerous. It used to be considered a mild childhood illness until they developed a vaccine for it and started marketing it as this really, you know, you need to get this vaccine or this is a super deadly disease. And so I had that going through my head and I was kind of going, our public health officials in my view have a history of hyping up the dangers of infectious disease beyond what the data shows. Um, but it, I, I paused because I thought, well, we don't currently have a vaccine or a drug for this. So whereas with other things I can see a little bit more of a profit motive for that hyping, I was like, I, there's currently no profit motive, right, like, yeah. you know? And so that I paused and that, you know, really did kind of make me question things. And. And so I, I, my gut reaction was like lockdown, like, are you serious? Like, I didn't even know that was a possibility or that was like in our repertoire of things to deal with an infectious disease. Like, this is really drastic. And so, so I had that going through my head. But then when I looked around and I started looking at alternative news sources at, you know, Democracy Now!, like places that I used to go for sort of alternative perspectives on things. Everyone was towing the same line. Everyone was treating this really seriously. And so that really threw me. And I was like, maybe, you know, like, maybe I'm missing, like, maybe this is really super serious and different than anything before. Mm. Um, and then of course when I scrolled through social media, it was just all these horror stories about death and illness and hospitals being over. 21
0: year old swimmer, professional swimmer, he's the healthiest (laughs) guy ever, per Guinness. And like, yeah, and like then they're they're like he's on a ventilator and you're like, I can't go outside. Yep, yeah yeah. Yep.
2: So so I went back and forth. Like I did have a couple weeks where I was like, wow, you know, okay, I guess, you know, maybe this is warranted for to to you know, flatten the curve, maybe I should be careful. Like I was worried about my parents that are, you know, in their 50s and 60s um and and sort of thinking like, oh, you know, should I be going and visiting my parents or Um, But then the other thing that was going on at this time is both of my grandparents were on hospice and very ill, have been, you know, for several years now, um, multiple chronic illnesses. And they weren't in a nursing home, so I was still able to visit them. And I was very aware, even while we were talking about the lockdowns and all of this, that I was still visiting them and that it was – I knew – uh, for at least the one of them that could still um, clearly communicate, that it was more important for them to see family than be protected from disease. You know, like they were they are in their 90s um, prior to their dying. So I was also thinking, like, how much does quality of life matter versus – you know, the end of life, and is it really, like, is it worth it to protect someone in their 90s who's already dying or sick if it means, like, they wouldn't get to see family members or they wouldn't get to have, yeah, exactly, so I also had that going through my head because I was living that experience in that time, and my whole family made the collective decision based on my grandparents' current views and what we knew they'd talked about when they were more cognitively aware that- they they would have wanted us to keep visiting and my parents were their you know some of their main care because they weren't in a nursing home that that they would have clearly chosen that over being protected from this disease.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um and so that was also making me think, even while I was taking the disease seriously, it was still like those questions of mortality and questions of quality of life versus length of life and what is most important. And I started to feel like that. I didn't like that. It was the government making that universal decision for everyone about which one mattered more.
1: Boom.
2: Yeah. And I, yeah. And that, so that kind of led me down this rabbit hole. And then as time went on, I finally started finding those people and those doctors and those voices that I'd been looking for, but hadn't seen anyone covering an alternative perspective. I started reading the data. I started hearing, you know, more information and that, you know, that brought me up to like about end of April-ish. So by the time I got to the end of April or May, I was much less fearful and I was really feeling like, um you know, I wasn't as worried about this personally. I didn't think that it was, you know, like I wasn't, I was trying to let go of the fear that just from the things I had been seeing, I had picked up um, and and both of my grandparents died during the spring and summer. Oh, I'm sorry. Not from COVID. Um, but I'm, you know, I, I knew that by visiting them and the possibility of bringing COVID to them, they could have died from that. But it was like.
0: No, but they, would, they wouldn't have wanted it any other way. I mean. Like, yeah, that's, they wouldn't have yeah. wanted it
2: any other way. And it was like a common cold or the flu could have killed them just as much. Like we were just as worried about that as anything else
0: literally a um, nurse error like you know what i mean like just something like like no I, I i lost i lost my grandfather during that time too right around the beginning almost the same time and it was a <laughs> slow gradual process so i mean very very peaceful and stuff like that but it was just like anything could have happened at that moment like he or seriously a trip to the bathroom you know what i mean like and i'm not trying to be like make a, a yeah. trip to the bathroom could have been a wrap you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, and I'm not saying it in a, in a sense like, well, old people don't matter. I, I truly disagree. But if you talk to right. any old person, when it was time for the lockdowns, I was very much like, let's lock down. This could get, this could get crazy. Mm-hmm. But every old person I talk to, they're like, do not lose your job for me. Yeah. <laughs> do not. No, I've seen the Great Depression. I've literally saw it with my eyes. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Do not. Do not I've That's seen incredible. sessions and that kind yeah. of stuff. Do not do this for me. You know, what I mean, that's not the way life works. You know, what I mean, <laughs> like, like, you know, what I mean, like, it's literally the end of my life. It should be like the prime yeah. of yours. And, and I know uh, tons yeah. of
1: yeah normie families that have, yeah, like a grandparent and they're they're all hella sad. They're like this. And they're, that's what I'm saying. There's a schism. There's it's kind of working its way in there where it's like this isn't healthy for anyone, especially the old people involved.
2: Well, and, and I it's, know like, people... it's like it's
1: like yeah, it's like they're they're dying in fear and in lonely loneliness right now, right? Go on, yeah. It's...
2: Yeah, well, and like I had I had friends and other people that had family in nursing homes where they, because of the nursing home policies, were literally not allowed to see them, mm-hmm. and I was like, that would have been terrible to have Ugh. some outside force not allowing us to visit or be connected with them in their last weeks, yep. um. And so I I thought I think a. I did think, and I still feel that a lot of the nursing home policies um, are really wrong and problematic in many ways. Oh, and yeah. they're they're more about liability for the nursing home than they are about oh, what yeah. the residents in the nursing home- It's a
0: business. Yeah, actually yeah. want. Yeah, it's a business.
2: Um, yeah. But I mean, and then the other thing that was also influencing this was when they died and we had to have funerals with you know less than 10 people outdoors and- I never imagined that that's the way it would be you know that we wouldn't get to have our relatives and extended family come in and and do and I'm uh Jewish and so like the traditional sitting s- uh sitting a Shiva yeah. and
0: uh i I haven't heard of that tradition but yeah I respect it though yeah yeah, and Jews, these things, yeah, yeah. so. <laughs> Yeah. And
2: and like I was definitely aware of the toll that took on my mom to not be able to have the support of friends and family that she normally would have during that yeah. time, um, and and also yeah. just
1: the fact that yeah people couldn't do the the funeral thing
0: yeah we still haven't the, had one yeah the, <laughs> for, her, for my grandfather
1: yeah at the same time that the, these you know that. This crazy civil unrest is going on, and the George Floyd thing, which we're all down for here. It's not like an anti-protest thing, but just the hypocrisy of it. That should crazy. have been a
0: step in the right direction. Exactly. Yeah, Data-wise, yeah. like that should have been oh, yeah. right because yeah. that I was think, that yeah. was when I turned. Like that was when yeah. I was like, no, 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 no. Great. It, it should say when the when it's it like, said yes. There was, yeah. It's, it's MSNBC. Like, this, good. Yeah. this did not show a huge spread of the virus, which <laughs> I disagree with. It probably did, but I'm mm-hmm. just saying, like, if it's if it is what it is. I, I was like cool are the outdoor others? concerts yeah. they're back we yeah. can do school outdoors we yep. can do all types of stuff outdoors we could a lot of our jobs could be worked outdoors. like a lot of stuff can happen right that we can get back going get the economy back going and the next they're, week they're yeah, like they're, they're like, like nope, are yeah. you kidding me like look at that 38 person trump rally like yeah oh, can't and do I that i think that's
1: more significant than people realize i think that for normal people saw that not like people oh, yeah. online or twitter they're just yes. like wait what the fuck is going on and yeah, yeah and you, there's people they have so sad videos of like People at a funeral in masks being separated like twelve feet apart, and then the son like tries to hug their mom, and like the the owner of the funeral home is like, no, you fucking get him, you know, and it's like and then you know what's like, sad
0: was you then, watching yeah, funeral videos.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've been in a dark hole, you yeah. guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's like, I think it's I that All your basic, related video. videos on YouTube.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah my my <laughs> your algorithm
0: is it. just ruined. It's
1: just but up. uh yeah. No, I think that was the big one for me where I was just like, and the whole like but they're wearing masks, and it's like, okay, so masks are cool. All we just open everything back up, you know. And it's just
0: yes, it just that's dumb,
1: <laughs> exactly. So dumb. Yeah. When people ask me, what yeah. do
0: you uh, like? So what do you want? Yeah. Just free for all? Everyone die? No, I'll wear a mask. I have no problem. I'll wear a mask. Yeah. I'll wash my hands. Let me just do what I want to do. Let me do what I want to do, let other people do what they want to do. If other people say, "Hey, we should stay inside." Most of those people make money working at home. That was kind yeah. of a thing I looked at. They're like, "Hey, stay inside. Why is everyone doing things?" Like, "No, you're yeah. you're going to be fine. You can stay inside. I want to go outside." Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's literally yeah. like oh, you hear all this shit and it's like I, I don't want to sound like some conservative freak cuz I'm not. I'm like quite the opposite, <laughs> but yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like like where the all oh, freedom this freedom that no, it, but it but it is. I'll wear the mask. I don't I don't really push back on the masks. You know what I mean? I don't I'm not like, oh, well, I have to wear this. I, no, if you let me do what I need to do, I think that's a fair compromise. It's PPE. Sure. Businesses have rights to say you have to wear this to walk. You, you know? Mm-hmm. like So where um, I, guess, I guess what I'm saying is as far as the data shows, right? So when you see mm-hmm. the data, and we talk about it here and there and, we, and stuff. So what did you see in the data that was like, wait, this isn't doing yeah. what they're Good saying?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, the main thing, and this is what I feel like I'm really good at, is picking out inconsistencies. Before I can figure out like what the real story is, I can see where the official story like really doesn't add up. And there were just so many holes so quickly, like either does this work or doesn't this work and is the death rate this or is it not? And like early on when they were claiming the death rate was, you know, 8% or whatever, Mm testing was extremely limited. And you heard people talking about like, oh, don't get tested. You know, we're only testing like the sickest people. Here's the requirements for you to even get a test. And while at the same time saying that like, yeah, there's asymptomatic cases, they're like spreading this all over the place. And so I was like, if there's all these people that are asymptomatic, then this isn't the real case fatality rate. Like there's got to be mm. a million more cases than what you're testing out there. And it it's really skewing the case fatality rate much higher. If you're only testing the sickest individuals and the ones that are most likely to die. Um, and so like early on, that was, that was kind of a red flag to me
1: mm-hmm. um, when I saw it. Was all the models testing. were based on that. All the decisions oh. were based on that. Yeah.
2: And then the model Oh my goodness. Uh, Yeah. So the model that like led to the world shutting down was this Imperial College London um, model from a professor, Neil Ferguson. And it was not for as much as like the people that call themselves pro-science love to talk about peer review and how important it is. This paper was not peer reviewed or published originally at all. It was literally just like this research that was given to the UK government. And no one double checked the model, and it predicted that if we didn't do anything in the us, we would have like two point two million deaths. Okay. Um, and when other people were like, "Hey, can we see your code for the algorithms that you you know ran this model on?" the professor was like, "No, you know, most people wouldn't understand it. like it's really <laughs> complex with this old, it's this old shitty code." and people were like, other people know how to read code yeah. like there are people that could analyze you it, get it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he literally was like for 2 i've
0: used that excuse so many times <laughs> yeah no like i I'm, i should be i should go to the imperial college of london which is the scariest university name i've ever heard in my life yeah. I, I mean, I, like, yeah, like, what the yeah. fuck is that so so this is the
2: paper like i had friends that were literally sharing this paper being like everyone read the science this is you know 2.2 million people are gonna die And then I start hearing that people are requesting the codes on this non-peer-reviewed paper so they can, like, double-check it.
0: I'm sorry, when you say the code, I got to ask a dumb guy question here. When you say the code, like, and that's just just how you navigate within, or is that, like, a...
1: yeah be... that's a good question why is code i honestly in a, in don't know i'm like, yeah, paper? i'm like, over what, here like
0: what's... code yeah the code you yeah. know like i'm not I, but why, I don't, why I, is
1: computer know. science factoring into this like as because, because think, it's a model yeah so right. yeah. so
2: he he used and i don't remember all the details of this i think it was actually an outdated model that had been used this guy in particular likes to predict uh lots of diseases are a lot more deadly than they actually are he's been wrong on like three different previous diseases with his (laughs) models actually it's on a streak Uh, sure foot and mouth disease um uh the what is it called the like human variant of kruzfeld jakob or like mad cow disease the like oh, early shit. onset like really dangerous one that everyone was yeah. freaking out that's about. A
0: throwback yeah, i forgot
1: yeah. about yeah that. yeah <laughs> so he, this
2: is the guy that predicted that there'd be like a a ton of deaths from like both of those diseases and it never came true at all like just yeah. blatantly his models were wrong like he has a history of like over exaggerating stuff And so he took one of those models and then kind of revamped it to predict COVID deaths. And there were different variables, like how much people move, how infectious the disease is, how, you know, um, whether asymptomatic people spread it or not, different points of contact. And so, and I am not a computer science person, but my understanding is that to create this model and predict how many people would die or be infected, he was using a computer code to generate the model. And oh, the so output.
0: he's like Nate Silver, basically. He's just wrong. Like, and, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> got it. <laughs> that, perfect. That's like, yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's got it. why I other I people wanted
2: the code so they could be like, well, what were you doing to use these endpoints to get this outcome? Like how, yeah. you know, what were you, you know, running or or how, what, like, what is the model is basically what people wanted to know. And he was and like, you didn't oh, want to
1: give it up for a couple weeks. Like, he, for,
2: for like yeah, I think two I'm, months I'm he didn't model. give it up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and mo- you want the model? Yeah, he's like, yeah, you know. Well, then it gets worse. Yeah. So then he's she like. She wants the model. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You look at these guys, come on. Yeah. <laughs> the model. Yeah.
2: So then... He's like after being pressured repeatedly, and a lot of this happened on Twitter, I think. Um
1: yeah. God bless <laughs> he
2: finally was like, Okay, we are working, you know, since it's really old shitty code that's like really bad, we need to work with someone to update it before we can release it. Guess who he partners with to update it? Microsoft.
0: Oh. God. Let's go. So- man. <laughs> William. Yeah. God. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I love it. Gates time. Hello. Yep. Yep. Yeah.
2: So then, he and Microsoft supposedly partner, and I'm like, again, why can't you just release the original code? Like, I don't understand why you need to (laughs) update it and change it with Microsoft before you release it. Anyway, he did that. Finally, he releases it. Even after he releases the supposedly updated version from Microsoft, all of these other computer scientists literally go in and tear the code to shreds and are like this is the shittiest code I've ever seen in my life. And you could run this model 10 times and get 10 different results. Like it was, there were no-
0: Who are these scientists? Like, are they, are they like from- are they all from like alternative sources or are they from like
1: other oh, kind of like twitter bros that, like scientists that are like yo i okay. just want to know what's going right Kind yeah, the- S- S- F- of think it's a bunch yeah. of random computer yeah. scientists
2: and i mean and i some of the their commentary mm-hmm. and articles got published somewhere i don't remember where but it was like very public like their names attached to it like got it okay these were people that like I think no, co- I don't know code. So this wasn't something I could analyze. Right. But yeah. it was a continuous stream of like people point by point saying like, oh, well, there's this problem in the code. Like, why did he just leave out this endpoint? And he left out this variable. And there's no like feedback loop to double check that the algorithm isn't just like in, you know, generating this in random error, that it's actually, you know, you'd get the same result every time. Like yeah, stuff that I really don't understand. But mm-hmm. Um, but
1: they ripped was, it up. Yeah,
2: they ripped it up. Like it. multiple people were just that, that I saw, and I shared this with some people, and they were like, "Oh yeah, like I did. I think that is you know shitty code." And so after it was supposedly made better, then it's like basically so bad that people are saying you could get different numbers every time you run this, mm-hmm. and that is what we use. That is what governments use to decide how dangerous this was going to be, and that it was worth shutting the world down over
1: yeah Ah, damn and also more more generally i know that's a specific example but just these when people model this stuff in general with infections and oftentimes they don't take into account that they, they kind of do this whole anyone can infect everyone all over over the world thing and every vector is like a thing without realizing that they you know when you hear like the famous thing on like twitter now is to be like if you do the math you know like 1% one percent of three hundred million or two percent of three hundred million is six million people. Six million people could die. Are you you cool with that, bro? And it's like that fails to account for that. We're not all gonna interact with each other that way. That's not how viruses work. They burn out, they get into little segments. There are huge, you know, there are huge roadblocks to so this thing yeah. ever taking off like that, like a true pandemic, right? right? And well, look that's never flu. factored in too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And
2: uh Yeah. Not everyone gets just, the flu every year.
1: Yeah, no. and the whole thing is is i feel like we would know if we wouldn't have to hype this up we wouldn't if this thing was more serious than it than it yeah it, that if this thing was as serious as it should have required all these lockdowns and everything we, we would have just been doing it if we knew like friends that were dying all over the place i'm not saying a small no, there, of and there are people, people. It,
0: i'm not even yeah. denying that there are i don't i'm not yeah. one of those people that's like are we sure that body's real in the picture like i'm yeah, not yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm not one of those guys like i'm totally. like yeah I, I totally can understand we're like the unhealthiest first world country (laughs) like like people are gonna die from a lot of shit like you know what i mean like there's pneumonia deaths of people way younger than you know 50 years old or like you know there's people dying in their 40s from pneumonia it sucks like we do not take care of ourselves i think we all could agree with that so that was another thing and you don't see the mention of like, here, here's how to take care of yourself. Like not oh, that was, yep. preventative health. You don't That's see that. It's, it's like, Zero one, mention. Yeah. yeah, it's like, no, take a shower in Purell, like yeah. sit in your house, stream TV all day, eat Postmates, which you'll never order anything healthy from. I never do. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I, I'm going to get healthy on, you know, Postmates and DoorDash yeah, yeah, today. Yeah. No, I never do. Uh-huh. So, you know, there's, there's, there's all this stuff, but you never saw any mention of preventative health, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I was messed up to me.
2: Oh yeah. yeah. Well, and that was definitely, I'd say the other tip off is I see all this stuff being about, you know, this is all about saving lives, saving lives. Like to this day, still, there was a short period in April where the number of daily deaths from COVID exceeded those from heart disease. But on average, they're still way lower. Heart disease is our number one killer in the United States. And we 100% know that the majority of heart disease is preventable and even reversible with a whole foods plant-based diet. And we also know that obesity, diabetes, and heart disease are the biggest uh, factors that make people more prone to dying from COVID. So put those two together, if our public health officials really were driven by saving lives, then why aren't they on every TV talking about diet? And exercise. And and why are all the fast food restaurants still open, but those little mom and pop, you know, local hey, restaurants, hey, they aren't. Why yeah. why are the alcohol stores all open? Why are alcohol sales going up and hey, all of this?
0: Hey, 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 let's yeah, You know, <laughs> you know, you know yeah. I was with you to no, I'm kidding. Right, uh, this pod is open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. First you oh, came for the fast food.
1: Yeah. Then you came for the yeah. 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 But, <laughs> but yeah, and vitamin I mean, so D and, pres- and and uh yeah, oh, vitamin D is huge. Yep. Literally, Literally. the sun when yeah, there's multiple yeah. studies showing a near 100% efficacy rate that you won't die of covid if you yep. have sufficient vitamin D and if you don't then you're you're fucked you like you're going to be one of those 80% mm-hmm. that you know will
2: yeah and it's
1: just and I, I think the vitamin D thing is a big one I think that's my big conspiracy is is that if we allow vitamin D sufficiency in our population it would save trillions of dollars in healthcare procedures all over the world but especially in america and it would extend our life an average of five to 10 years, probably, you know, if we never had a vitamin D deficiency in the West, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we could uh, so many, it would be a cascade of positive yeah. benefits and it would, it would end so much profit from the health, from the, from the healthcare and health insurance industries. It'd be insane. And it costs what, like five bucks a year, 10 bucks a year, you know? And just it, being in the sun helps. Yeah. Too. It's, yeah like, totally. it's literally
0: like, this is the first era in human history where it's like, Hey, uh, you should go outside. Yeah. you know what i mean yeah, like exactly. nobody yeah. else is like everybody else back then it's like what do you mean i am outside you know yeah, I mean? exactly like, yeah, we're, yeah. we're having this conversation outside yeah, and, and, yeah but like nowadays it's like hey step away from all that stuff but no it was it was mm-hmm. the lockdowns and that was another thing i started thinking about it was the lockdowns like okay yeah. hey, what's the best way for nobody to go outside get the nutrients they need from the sun you know what i mean yeah. that everybody's yeah. been getting for a while and like i said just eating unhealthy staying inside just wrecking your immune system over sanitizing over just yep. all that kind of stuff where and i and i i was doing it for a while i'm not gonna lie but mm-hmm. um yeah it's nuts and i'll answer your question i guarantee you it's it's all profit based right you know what i mean yeah. you cannot profit off the sun for now you know what i mean yeah. you, you can't profit off the five dollar i guess you could if you could gouge the price on it but they don't they haven't done that and yeah. uh so yeah i, I you you mentioned yeah. bill, you mentioned bill gates and yeah. uh can we get into mr william gates for a second <laughs> Uh, yeah. we're big. Is,
1: well, yeah, we we talk about him a lot. Yeah. On this. like so. Show. Yeah, so look, so I'll guarantee you back, a lot of yeah. a lot of
0: people that listen to this show right are anti like billionaire, anti wealth hoarding mm-hmm. and stuff. So the problem with Bill Gates for a lot of people was oh his Epstein ties and the uh just the fact that he's a crook. You know what I mean? And he yeah. just has yeah. a has a bunch of money and you know he funnels it through a lot of like nonprofit NGO kind of stuff like that. But in the vaccine industry, what can you tell us about Bill Gates? <laughs>
2: Ooh. <laughs> um, so I actually knew more before I connected Bill Gates to the vaccine thing. I didn't like him because of like stuff that um, when I was in Ithaca, I actually learned and, and heard about what was going on at Cornell and, um, and GMOs. Like that was my first introduction as an adult, into the problems with a lot of Bill Gates philanthropy, him,
1: him funding five, ten, fifteen million dollars worth of propaganda of of it's African agriculture. world yeah, 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 yeah.
2: And uh-huh. and what I knew about that, and so yeah. it's very very similar. Like he is very technologically uh, reductionist and driven in his approach to helping things. And I I noticed um, something really interesting actually, which is a you know a while back climate change and climate activism didn't used to be as accepted in the mainstream and scientific world as it is today right and i noticed that a lot of people became really big bill gates fans in the last like 5 years or so when he started started you know really talking about climate change investing in like plant based meat companies and like all these people are jumping on board thinking he's great and i remember thinking what has changed that he is talking about climate change and that all these billionaires and privileged, you know, very wealthy elite are super like that, like climate change has now entered the acceptable non fringe, like pro science narrative. And that's when I realized that I, this is my take from what I've read on why Bill Gates is probably, um, you know, supporting that now is because he's heavily invested in geoengineering, data collection, seed collection, like all of this stuff where he can profit off of the solution to supposed climate change, you know, shooting particles into the air to block the sun, rather than addressing the root causes of climate change. And when he started talking about this back in 2015, his uh, foundation, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, was still invested in a bunch of fossil fuel companies. And he like criticized divestment as ineffective and like a bad strategy at that time. Like that should tell you, you know, everything you need to know. And so then when I started looking into his involvement in vaccines and the fact that he, public health is one of his big initiatives. He's now like, aside from the US, the top donor to the World Health Organization, like an individual. Yeah is the top donor to the world health organization so you know that he, be- he runs it's it literally
0: yeah, like he literally like a batman plot you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. yeah it's like it's this guy gates he's funding <laughs> everything and yeah, yeah. it's like, that's uh-huh. bad yeah <laughs> i mean that's like the premise of the show but i guess it's good now if you're yeah in, in a thing. and thing
2: yeah and so i mean and he has gotten into multiple legal battles with like the indian government yeah. um and
1: over polio and vaccine over, stuff, I mean, right? yeah. And, so yeah, and, so
2: the polio vaccine is one that he pushes a lot. And and here's the thing. Like, this is just kind of taking a step back for people that maybe, I don't know if there's any listening, but that still think like Bill Gates is a better billionaire than others because he's this great philanthropist. There's a who few does probably, all yeah. All of these, you know, I've heard that from a lot of people. Like, he's different because he gives all this money away and yeah. he cares. And my thing is this. He has enough money that if he really wanted to get rid of world hunger or poverty in some of the countries that he operates in, he could do it. Yeah. with The money he has, no question. And he isn't like, he's, he's choosing to focus on drugs and interventions and GMOs rather than like giving people running water and good sanitation yeah. and hygiene, more basic and helpful things that could yeah. actually eradicate these problems more effectively. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So that's like kind of my big picture take that makes me very skeptical about what he does. But one well, of the big... destroys
1: the narrative too. If you give people running water and all these diseases disappear, <laughs> right? And then you're like, wait, oh, we don't need, we're good on that. We don't need the the oral polio vaccine give, anymore. Teach
0: the... a man to running water. Give a yeah. man running... <laughs> yeah, <not> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. the running. Water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: But yeah, so like one of the things he's really pushed is the oral, oral polio vaccine, which for reference, we do not use in the United States anymore because it was deemed too dangerous.
0: Why? yeah. What was that? What was happening with that? Sorry.
2: So the oral polio vaccine, and I actually, from the science I've read, I actually think the oral polio vaccine is fairly effective. It just is much higher risk. Whereas the killed polio vaccine, I think is much less effective, comes with less risk in some ways, but Because the oral polio vaccine is a live virus vaccine, um, it has this risk of the virus mutating back to a more dangerous strain and giving people polio from the vaccine. It's called vaccine strain polio.
1: Gives people polio. Yeah, <laughs> because it's a live. We don't virus. know everything about it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, hey.
0: he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, dude.
2: So we have discontinued it in the U.S. because of that risk and danger. But it's much, much cheaper, and it's an oral, like it's just a pill you take rather than like a, a shot. So it's much cheaper and easier to distribute in other countries that don't have the medical infrastructure that we have. And so the Gates Foundation has heavily distributed and pushed the oral polio vaccine in India. And in many cases, there have been more cases of vaccine strain polio than there have been wild type
1: polio. I remember for years, this information was out there and you would talk about it and people would call you crazy. And then all of a sudden, the Indian government's suing Bill Gates. And you're like, oh, wait, this is actually happening. Like, it's actually maiming kids in India right
2: yeah yeah it's the medical like, there of, like, are they're, people
1: they're caught like fucking yep. forging signature signatures of like illiterate kids they're like yeah i consent to this vaccine and know so, it's like Damn. there's all sorts of crazy shit going on with that and not just in india too but yeah. especially in india yeah. yeah
0: and is that was there is there something with sterilization like where are you with the, with the sterilization thing like is that is that a thing is that just like a kind of crazy guy talk well, or is I'll, that is that
1: i'll just jump in you probably have more to say on this but i know that for sure what we know at a bare minimum not even talking about gates but just the pharmaceutical companies that do experimental vaccines especially in latin america on on pregnant women and or just women in general and even if they have the best of intentions that has led to women being sterilized by experimental vaccines uh even with the best of intentions that outcome has occurred by do it running experimental vaccine trials on uh on poor third uh, third world global south woman basically right is that
2: yeah fair to yeah say? i mean and i will say like i'm as i like all this stuff but like i said like i come from a very scientific perspectives so i hesitate to go i mean i love discussing conspiracy theories but like my perspective for some people is actually much more middle of the road and not as radical as some right. people i know um, and so like that said, I see these claims about like Bill Gates wants to sterilize all of us. And in particular, I see this excerpt from like a 2015 TED Talk he gave, where he mentions, you know, like with vaccines and with this and with this, you know, we can b- help bring the world population down. And I've seen yeah. a lot of people take that out of context and the like smoking
1: you know, gun, yeah. Yeah, the, like, yeah. oh
2: Bill Gates wants to, you know, he's admitting yeah. openly on the TED Talk stage that he's trying to sterilize people and reduce the world population with vaccines and because of my knowledge in the science world I know that is not what he meant at all and it the idea behind that is if more children get vaccinated and live to adulthood more and infectious disease isn't as big of an issue families start having fewer children like he was coming at it from that to try to
0: replace the ones that are sick is that is that is that what you were saying like families would have more children because the other ones got sick, right? Because they were not Right, like it's pretty
2: well documented that when the childhood mortality rate declines, families have fewer children. Like that's a pretty universal trend in a lot of developing and and developed nations. So I know that that's probably what he meant. I do not believe, whatever I think about his intentions, that he would be stupid enough to openly say on a TED Talk stage, like we're we're forced sterilizing people with vaccines. Um, and so I don't like when that stuff gets taken out of context because then from my perspective, that makes some of the things I say, I get lumped in with people making those claims and Mm. and seen as less credible. Um, so I don't know, like, I don't talk a lot or know a whole lot about the legitimacy. Um, yes, are experimental accidental things happening? Absolutely. Is there's some intention i haven't seen uh decent enough evidence to uh, claim anything about intentionally sterilizing people with vaccines
0: oh, okay good well, I, i'm glad that you're able like because i think <laughs> some people listening could be, just be like oh she's just gonna agree with any conspiracy theory you yeah, know what yeah. i mean because she's on this thing that and that's good because i didn't know yeah. i keep seeing that thing that's kind of like the, the like i'm in construction right so I'll, the construction mm-hmm. guy jerry bill gates doesn't want anyone to have kids you know what i mean sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. do you hear that shit dude i'm yeah, just like yeah. well yeah but you know i don't know you know yeah. and i don't and you can't you can't just like you know throw anything at like a you know thing, a big roll. there's like, weight, way... oh, um and everything sticks to it Like you're just like yeah. all right you know like maybe not everything is true that the the claims and and, and it does like, lump you in with alex jones or you know like yeah, yeah. Sandy hook isn't real you know like that, that type of thing it does because anti-vax already has that narrative of just like oh no they're yeah. a psycho they're like oh right. they don't have electricity in their house <laughs> that's a
1: sigh off in, in and of itself yeah. yeah, you know exactly and the but thing i'm is, saying like, it's easy yeah. to do
0: that when it when you do have something that is wrong right like with uh-huh. covid yeah. there were yeah. people
1: that are saying oh it's a
0: hoax right yeah it's yeah, not yeah. a hoax you know I mean, nobody thinks it's a hoax most people don't think it's a hoax but there were a few people that kind of did say that early yep. and then anything you say that's disputing the data the models yep. anything like that it, no they think it's a hoax that's maga yeah. that's trump you know or whatever you mm-hmm. know so yes. it's a it's good that you you know are able to at least even a lot though, of that stuff's controlled yeah. opposition
1: you know they exactly it out. And, no one thousand percent and, manufactured yeah. consent it's, and it's, it's also the, the weakest look. bill gates conspiracy there's so much other crazy fucking shit that he's doing that's so much more credit you know able to be we're able to criticize yeah yeah i 100 percent agree and uh the the crazy, the craziest thing for me is why is this guy the health czar of the world? Yes,
0: like, why <laughs> is there, <laughs> one of the richest guys in the world is like yeah. the health expert?
1: Well, it's like and a, the other yeah, thing it's, <laughs> that yeah. people
2: don't realize is, I that this really scares me too. Is I think he is so powerful, and he has used his money. Like he's clearly really smart, whether you know, like wise or whatever. I don't know his intentions, but. Like he's he's clearly, got a lot of raw
1: intelligence for sure. He has he's a lot a- of raw
2: intelligence. Like, yeah. I believe that. And one of the ways I can see that is when you look at early videos of how he was perceived with the antitrust lawsuits around Microsoft. Right. He and then how like overnight he started the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Now is this guy that wears sweaters and is like everyone's favorite philanthropist. Yeah. Like he knew how to work PR. And I saw this article that came out in the Columbia Journalism Review, I think, sometime this year, that was one of the best investigative journalistic pieces about the Gates Foundation that I've seen in a while. And it was looking at how the Gates Foundation influences media coverage of Gates Foundation programs.
1: Oh, yeah. So what was that
0: about? Uh, If you could just go into it a little bit.
2: Yeah, so basically it documented how he gives, whether directly or indirectly via another nonprofit or something, to um, media companies like NPR, um, Ooh. to, I, I don't, I know NPR was definitely one of them probably in New York times, but he, he gives a lot of funding for to, the
0: money, Bill Gates, I to independent it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: media, uh, companies. And then when you look at their coverage of Gates Foundation programs, particularly in the public health sphere around vaccines, or around GMOs and food and agriculture, they are glowingly positive. And you look yeah. at who they cite as their sources. And this article that I read in the Columbia Journalism Review pointed out, like I think it was a literal NPR piece where they showed that there were no outside sources cited except Gates Foundation officials about the Gates Foundation program. They didn't get a third party. They didn't get like someone in that African country to talk about what they, it was just Gates Foundation officials being like, our programs are working great. And NPR then publishes this and it presents this completely positive impression of all the Gates Foundation work. And to try and find negative published articles about the gates foundation is incredibly difficult and then when you realize how much money the gates foundation is giving to independent supposed independent media sources and then the media that they put out i mean that just really freaks me out that shows me like this this guy and his efforts he's brilliant and he knows how to manipulate public appearance like nobody else
0: he literally goes on cnn like as a medical expert yeah yeah it's yeah. it's insane like he will just be like on Anderson Cooper and then he'll be on uh Chris Cuomo yeah. later in the day and it's like he'll just go on there and be like yeah well it's gonna be tough to get the virus out to everybody and 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 yeah. and, and it's like I was just watching videos of him today where he's always he's already talking about the vaccine coming out like he's already, mm-hmm. already yeah. talking with Anderson Cooper about it and he's just like yeah we got to find out who the who the sickest ones are who the you know who who, uh-huh. all, who all this is are uh, is now and segwaying all this in all this Bill Gates stuff into 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 this current COVID vaccine, vax. Current yeah. COVID vaccine oh, yeah. right that's under thing what I mean obviously yeah. we know the Bill Gates aspect is scary but like as far as just the vaccine itself what are you skeptical of
2: so I probably wouldn't be so skeptical if I wasn't worried about these vaccines being made mandatory in many ways. And that is the reason that I do speak up about this issue. Like if it was really uh, like with other medical interventions, like you do you, I'm gonna do me. If you think you know the vaccine is worth the risk and you wanna take it, like great. But it really freaks me out that we have created this narrative where other people think that, and this is the problem that I see even around the mask and lockdown mandate is that perfectly healthy individuals that are living their lives are being blamed with literally killing other people. Yeah, And it's the same rhetoric around vaccines. And it's like, if you don't get a vaccine, you are putting other people at risk or you're killing people. And I find that extremely problematic because vaccines are unlike any other medical procedure that exists on the planet. They are the only medical intervention and they are a medical intervention that carries risks and benefits um, as with any, but they're the only one that's literally given preventatively to perfectly healthy individuals. So to me, the risks that you're willing to take, like it has to be a much safer technology than many other interventions, because if you're already sick or dying of cancer or have heart disease and need, you know, surgery, like you're already sick and likely willing to take a bigger risk to accept a greater, you know, outcome. But when you're giving an intervention like a vaccine to perfectly healthy children, adults, like whole communities, you better be damn sure that that isn't going to be harming you know, a decently large number of individuals. And so for me, I am extremely worried that the rhetoric I'm seeing is, if you want to travel in the future, if you want to get a job, if you want to go to school, if you want to get on a plane, if you want to enter other countries, like, you're going to have to get this vaccine. And that goes against informed consent, which after the Nuremberg Convention and the trials of Nazi doctors, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights was written that said... You know, for all medical experimentation, testing, interventions, people have the right to informed consent and the right to accept or reject any medical intervention. And mandatory vaccine policies are not informed consent. They are coercion. No. They're yeah. like, if you, if the only way you can work or participate in society is getting a shot, that's not informed consent. That is not freely being able to decide whether you want to accept those risks.
0: So what what is their narrative that everyone... And, and, and I'm not saying this from like a profit because I, I obviously understand the business side of everybody getting the vaccine. <laughs> right. But when you hear people say, look, if everybody doesn't get it, then this doesn't work, right? What, mm-hmm. I, I always hear that. And what is the science yeah. behind that? Yeah. <laughs> so
2: the claim is herd immunity, right? And the herd immunity thing is very fascinating. And, and to be clear, I'm not an expert on herd immunity, But my understanding is that herd immunity was this idea that was originally derived from looking at natural uh, infections, not vaccines, but that when we looked at epidemics and outbreaks of disease, we noticed that in a particular community, if there was a certain percentage of people that had already gotten the disease in a previous year or were already immune that even if a little outbreak occurred or a few people got sick, the illness wouldn't spread widely because there was kind of this buffer or herd immunity because there was a high enough percentage of people in the population that had immunity that they kind of blocked the quick passage of that disease to other people. So that, that is where the idea of herd immunity originated. And somehow that got translated to vaccines and it was basically decided that and and the really interesting thing is there's this is all model based like this is not something that we've actually researched currently with any vaccines or have proof of. It's completely based on these mathematical models of how many people need to be vaccinated. And the model used the models used to be set at like, oh, you know, we need like 80% coverage for herd immunity. And then they kept seeing outbreaks in fully vaccinated populations, whether it was whooping cough or measles or these other, you know, mumps, like things that were happening. And they'd go, okay, I guess 80% isn't high enough. And they'd rework the model and they'd be like, uh, so you need like 90% for herd immunity now. And then there would still be outbreaks in these fully, you know, in 90% vaccinated population. They'd be like, herd immunity is 95%. So the numbers have just kept kept going up and up of yes. the supposed amount we need to be vaccinated. And if you're getting up to 100% of people needing to be vaccinated, that's not herd immunity. Then you're basically saying the vaccine doesn't work well enough unless everybody is vaccinated. Um
1: Interesting. So
2: and then you know the idea is like,
0: or
1: it doesn't work even with hundred percent and it still happens. It doesn't. Yeah. What happens then? What happens then if
0: we all if we all consent right? Because I ticketmaster right. I have tickets to a (laughs) ticketmaster conference Uh that was uh canceled. Ticketmaster said, "Hey, we need either proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test." Now, terrifying. Personally, personally, to me, I'd probably do the negative COVID test. (laughs) Just just personally, I got within seventy-two hours. I uh, they release that, so if I get that right. And, and if mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what, if, say I did say, let's just get the vaccine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's, let's do yeah. it. Let's do it. And we get a hundred percent immunity. What do you like? What, what would happen? Right. Cause like the profits, we see the profits would happen, but what would happen? Right. If it's like, Hey, does it not work? Like, where are we at then? Right. Like, <laughs> Well, well is, and I mean, I yeah. think
2: that is absolutely what, I mean, here's my prediction actually. So I'll just tell yeah. you, I think, based on the natural history of other infectious diseases, such as the 1918 flu epidemic, a lot of outbreaks, epidemics, pandemics have taken about two years to resolve on their own, where either enough of the population gets immunity or people die off or the virus mutates and it isn't the same anymore, but two years is a normal time frame. I think that at about the two year mark, is when we will have finally probably rolled out the vaccine to a very large number of people. And they're going to take credit that the, va- the c- COVID is going to disappear mm. and not be a thing. And it's going to fit the narrative of, look, you know, our vaccine eradicated another illness when it's totally correlation, not causation. It will probably never be proven because the current, um, vaccine trials that I've seen aren't even looking to see if they actually prevent illness. Most of them, the way they're designed, they're literally not looking to see if the vaccine prevents death, which you'd think that would be the number one thing we'd want to know if the vaccine prevents. Yeah, I'd
0: prefer not to die personally. Right.
2: No, the trials are not looking at deaths. They're not looking at hospitalizations, literally. Like this is, there was a Forbes article about the design of these vaccine trials and the the outcomes that they are measuring. They were measuring mild COVID illness. They were like testing yeah. whether people got sniffles and coughs. Yeah. What is the point of a vaccine that maybe prevents sniffles and coughs, but doesn't prevent infection, doesn't reduce deaths and doesn't reduce hospitalizations?
1: And the people that are susceptible for those things you just said if they're not looking for those results, they're not going to find them, right? They're not going to, but I wanted to ask, okay, yeah, so I want to, the design of these studies is, is crazy. You probably know more about it than I do, but there, this number of creep of, uh, well, two things, the whole, that we've never, I guess it's all connected, that we've, we've never been able to successfully vaccinate against a coronavirus in human history before. Mm-hmm. Um, Even the flu, which is not a coronavirus, but semi kind of in the same ballpark related we we don't that's they, they claim we have an effective vaccine for the flu and we don't right we don't the side God effect of the
0: pollution. vaccine is the flu
1: yeah, exactly. yeah. and uh <laughs> that's that. yeah and it's so there's that you know uh and there's so much variance every year to year with the mutation and everything with that that's a whole other story and on top of that that this is a brand new technology and my rna vaccine that's never yep. before been used in human history And they're claiming, they're claiming a 90% success rate. And then a week later they say it's 95%. And then like, it's 97%. And like, what the fuck's up with that? You know, like what's, walk us us through that. with Great not a curve. (laughs) So,
2: um, Yeah,
1: <laughs> we're going to
2: start first. So first of all, uh, flu vaccine is a very good example of hype around this issue. Like they're pushing the flu vaccine like never before right now because of this twindemic of like, we don't want flu cases oh, and God. COVID I'm at pandemic. the same time. And But the reality is when there are meta-analyses and every year the Cochrane Foundation, one of the foremost yeah. independent scientific collaborations around the world, um, very highly respected, They have done this meta-analysis of all of the flu vaccine trials and studies. And almost every year that they do this analysis of the flu vaccine, they've repeatedly found that the vaccine has negligible um, impact on hospitalizations and negligible impact on death and sickness and lost working days. So that right there. And when I say negligible, like from a public health perspective, I have heard people claim that like, it's um, a relative risk reduction of like 50%. But that means when you look at the actual numbers, if you don't get the vaccine, your risk of getting the uh, influenza is like, and I'm not gonna remember the exact numbers, but I think it's around like 2%. And if you get the vaccine, your absolute risk of getting influenza is about 1%. So they will highlight that you know, like that double risk for not getting the vaccine, the 2% versus the 1%. And they'll be like, you have half the risk if you get the vaccine, like this yeah. is how effective it is. But if you look at those absolute numbers, like, oh, so my risk without the vaccine is 2% and my risk with the vaccine is 1% like,
1: and that's at the, be- that's at the best of years. That's the, yeah, that's yeah, like yeah, the best that's, case scenario. that's often a lot in, less than no. that. Yeah. Right,
2: right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you take into account that the flu vaccine is one of the most, uh, the, the vaccine that has the most payouts and claims for injuries right now under the Federal Vaccine Compensation Program. Like multiple people, many, many people, like millions of dollars have been paid out in injuries to the flu vaccine in particular. So when you look at the risks and harms people are getting from the flu vaccine with this very limited risk reduction that has very little impact on lost working days, it's incredibly ineffective, and yet it is pushed like nothing else, you know? Right.
0: Signs at Walgreens on the outside. Yeah, it's it's nuts. And
2: there are, and just for the record, there are many, many doctors that would identify as being pro-vaccine and support and push many other vaccines that all think the flu vaccine is a sham.
1: Yeah. Which is crazy. Which that's the thing. That's the key. Because if it's so important to understand that there are normal people that go to med school that are not down with the flu vaccine for one example absolutely and and I think that's why I think there's going to be in spite of what they're trying to do and what they're trying to I know so I've like I don't know personally but I've like I follow people online and I see people there's so many there's so many people that are like normies, whether they're med school students or doctors or whatever that are like, wait, what we're doing this vaccine, this brand new thing. I think it's going to red pill. A lot of people that were there. Yeah.
0: I don't, they're not going to get the consent yeah. that I don't, I, I think there's a lot of people that will, especially people that have been watching CNN election wise all year. Right. right yeah. Like those people they're they've already signed in. They've already, they're tapping their veins. Like, let's go, you know, yeah. but, but I, I think you're right. I think there's a lot of people. like I talked to a lot of people. I like, got my work and it's just kind of like blue collar and stuff. And they're just like, nah like yeah. it, we work outside yeah. um no i like it's yeah, not gonna man. happen so well, also I, what's
1: what's the what's the risk like it could because we've talked about this on the pod before mm-hmm. of, of, that every pandemic with a rushed vaccine has led to pretty dramatic uh unintended consequences yeah that, of, that often last yeah. for life for for people like the the uh, h1n1 with the the british nurses who have like uh Permanent narcolepsy now and you know, Uh, swine flu, yeah, yeah, the swine flu flu vaccine, yeah, it's like, yeah, and now, but and those were like, none of those had the media hype that COVID has now, where everyone so it. If yeah. there is a, even a small percentage of people that are going to get fucked up from this vaccine, it could be millions of people, and it could be a huge deal, and it could it yeah. could backfire. Is what I'm saying on whatever program they're trying to implement on us. You right. Know? Well, it,
2: that's the thing. You have to compare the risk of the disease with the risk of the vaccine. So, like, yeah. we don't know, and, and we won't know for a while, like what the severe side effects probably really are of this vaccine. But when you have people like Bill Gates or you know Fauci coming out and saying Fauci. like. We need to, you know, we need to get, like, 7 billion vaccines out to the whole world. If you are giving, like, 7 billion vaccines out and you have, like, even a, like, 0.1%, like, even if one out of a thousand people or one out of a million people have a severe injury or disability from the vaccine, that's an incredible amount of people yeah. that you have now harmed from your medical intervention. And you have to compare that to or if we didn't do anything, how many people would be harmed just by the virus. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And those same people are pushing that thing. Like, look, that number of people dying compared to the population. Is yeah. this it like, so it's like, nope. the yep. yeah. Of harm is not, um, Hey, that's, uh, uh, you that's what I yeah. can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. Right. Exactly. You know yeah. I mean? like, yeah.
1: that's what happens when you propagandize entire two and a half generations of vaccine misinformation that it's totally safe and that it never harms anyone ever and that there's you know there's no problems at all it's okay to be transparent
0: why can't you be transparent
1: yeah exactly
0: yeah yeah. Yeah. well the the logic is so twisted
2: right now like i see so many like so many of the claims that people that push vaccines regularly say like they'll be like yeah you know like if you really push people, there's no one that will tell you a vaccine is 100% safe. Like, that's just stupid. Every drug has side effects, every medical intervention has a risk. But people will debate, like, how frequently severe vaccine injuries occur or what they are. Okay. Um, and so, if you push for numbers and you're like, okay, let's say it's one in a million or one in this or whatever, and then you look at how they're like, I've seen people over the years be like, people get, you know, like they don't operate off of statistics. They off, operate, you know, emotionally. So they'll hear one story about a friend of theirs that had a vaccine injury and they'll be like freaked out about vaccines. Yeah. And we have to look at the statistics. It's very rare that it happened. Blah, blah. And then you turn around and you try and use that same logic with COVID. Like, Oh, people are operating off of emotion. These stories about hospitals being overrun. Let's look at the statistics. They're like, Oh, you're down, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like,
0: it's like funny again. that we
2: use different logic when it's a, you know, like, yeah
0: totally. and,
2: and yeah, and I really see, and this is the other thing that's gotten to me is that I feel like the entire medical paradigm right now is being driven by an ideology that acts like intervention is always better and the harms from intervention can't possibly be as bad as the harms from nature or the natural disease or the infection mm-hmm. like that's so much worse and they downplay the harms from medical interventions while you know playing up the harms from yeah. something that comes from nature always and yeah. and to me that i think and this is more of a philosophical perspective but i think part of that is rooted in our technocratic scientific revolution perspective of like if we can bring nature to heal, if we can control nature, if we can, you know, you know, figure everything out, like we'll be able to be immortal and live forever and people won't have to die with our drugs and our medicine. And it's really uh, erroneous and idiotic to think that our interventions are actually going to achieve that. Yeah. And I feel like that is subtly underneath all of this driving our perspective of always hyping up infectious disease and being super freaked out about it while downplaying chronic disease that we're causing by our lifestyle and our diets and our medical intervention. When like the third leading cause of death in the United States is literally medical error. It's yeah. doctors. It's our medical system.
0: Yeah.
2: Third leading yeah. cause of death. Yeah. and yet we're like way more freaked out about an infectious disease because it's uncontrollable i mean that's just my take i think that's yeah. part of the
1: yeah the well can, can you just imagine a world where with this COVID thing just imagine if we a had zero media hype over that i know this has never happened but just like <laughs> zero media hype over any of this if you ever got sick you were just on the vitamin c intravenous drip and vi mega vitamin d therapy uh no you know all fucking studies are just completely transparent and none of this bs and we just didn't freak out about it i bet this thing would be nothing this thing would be like not a big deal at all if you know and obviously this but it's just exposing how unhealthy we are and it's it's exposing so much and i like i I fully believe i'm kind of hopeful that uh, i do think this is whatever plan they have it's it's more and more normal people are going to wake up and be like yes. not down with this, you know and
0: outside of and academia as, and all that outside, kind of yeah, stuff, yeah, as yeah. loud as yeah. they
1: are as loud as this whole thing is going on. I really think that there's huge, huge percentage of normal people are like they 're already so burnt out on this thing, and they 're already so burnt out on the the lies and the the back pedal and that 's the other thing we could uh, talk about just for a second the whole this whole thing of like why does the the who the World Health Organization and the cDC all the the all the covid defenders they're always willing to defend they're like well they make mistakes they can update their thing with new data they can change their mind about masks and everything a million times and it's like yo they these are health professionals that are paid trillions of dollars in tax dollars or billions or whatever to get it right it's their fucking job you know and it's yeah. like they're just, and they're not even they're like backpedaling on ifr you know and uh what's I ifr mean, uh, case, uh, like infection fatality rate oh, and okay. uh, all that stuff yeah and it's like you know it's just it's bullshit it's like yeah and it, it's well, usually the same people that blame trump for every death or whatever right and it's just so yeah. it's so juvenile it's so yeah. dumb it's so yeah it's so i mean
2: i do think i just have to say that it is okay for like public health officials to change their perspective like science new science does come out and like science isn't right. set yeah. like but
1: I, that's I, not what's happening here no yeah, when you're
2: but- i mean i think some of the back the flip-flopping is like very politically driven exactly
0: and any so news than- is viewed as scripture like it, it they they the, now i will say like you said it can prove itself wrong, but when it's given to you at the moment, right? Like Fauci said, dude, you don't need to wear masks in March. That was scripture at the moment, right? Yeah. There was never like, hey, wait for some updates though. It was never on that. Right. It was yeah. never on that. And the end.
2: science has not changed that much mm-hmm. since he changed his mind about masks. That's it's, the other thing. Yeah,
1: it's like not a science thing, yeah.
2: Very little science has changed in that time. Yeah. Um, and I mean a really good example, right? So California is has had one of the more out of all the states, they probably locked down earlier, mandated masks earlier. Like they've done everything right by the public health officials and Democrats, especially. And yeah. then you look at Texas, which has like <laughs> not done everything right. And people love to criticize because they've stayed open and they didn't mandate masks and blah, blah, blah. Red
0: state, typically. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. So one state that's been taking this seriously from the beginning and done all these things right, yet their deaths are almost identical. And the deaths per capita, uh, Texas is a little bit higher, but not by as much as you'd think for supposedly how badly they've treated this versus how well California has. Which to me begs the question, if our interventions didn't work that like, if we did everything right that we were supposed to in California, why are deaths and infections still that high? Or maybe our shit doesn't work as well as we think it does. And if it doesn't, (laughs) then maybe it is better to do nothing because then at least we don't have the added harms of the lockdown and the job loss and all of this other stuff yeah. going on that Texas has been able to avoid.
1: Yeah.
0: So exactly. I, 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 guess, um, cause I, I mean we could talk to you all night, but I, I, <laughs> I do want to keep this to be a, a listenable episode yeah. as far we'll as time wise. We'll be back. We'll, be back. Yeah. we'll do another one. Trust me. I yeah, yeah. uh, guess <laughs> we're going to need a little more, uh, a little more expertise on this, but, um, yeah. I guess, and I, and I, this might, I'm not, I'm not sure what your background is on this or even your belief on this, but a privatized for-profit healthcare system. Obviously right now you're, you're seeing kind of the downsides of it. You're just in, in real time too. even people that are super like, Oh no, I I want my public option. You know, all that kind of stuff. I want all that, Mm -hmm. but in a socialized healthcare system, right. Where healthcare is guaranteed the same way that just it's subsidized in a, in a, in a way that, you know, the firemen coming to, you know, stop the fire at your house. are. you don't get the bill from it in that field. Do you think that, this is treated differently and, or more effectively, uh, I, I, I guess. Do you, think, do you think we're able to, to kind of grab this by the mm-hmm. reins a little better?
2: I wish I could say yes, but like England and some of the uh, Nordic countries and other European countries, they do have that system of more universal health care, and yet they are struggling as much as we are, if not worse, in many cases. Um, Mm. and they're all still pushing the vaccine. So, and, and I have been a fan of a universal healthcare system. So, you know, um, I do not like our, our for-profit private healthcare system. Um, but to me, this problem goes so much bigger and deeper than that. Like that might fix a few of the problems, but the, the, the other thing I see is there's this huge focus among people that are talking about universal healthcare right now with it being all about drug prices. And to me, that kind of misses the point. Like the deeper issue is why do we have so many people that need drugs and need this much medical intervention in the first place? And until we address that, we are still just scraping the surface and putting band-aids on a problem. And so I, I, I don't like to see, I mean, I do think things should be affordable, and going to the hospital should be affordable. But I also think fundamentally we shouldn't have people yeah. needing to be on this drug, all these drugs, and having the conversation just be yeah. about drug prices or vaccine mm-hmm. prices or vaccine. Like we shouldn't need all that stuff. Yeah, and, and in the first place. Well, it's and that, of- uh,
0: go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah, it's, yeah go- well,
1: it's it's part of the mainstream. The mainstream leftist thought is always based on a fundamental trust in the system, which will always be shown to be erroneous, right? That's kind of my thesis at least. That you know, it's like the whole, like, you know, and for, we yeah, for I think healthcare should be free at the point of treatment. Yeah. You know, you could break everything. your arm. You could break yeah, your yeah. arm, right? Absolutely. Something that's just
0: cut and dry we know what the solution to a broken exactly. arm is right exactly like, there's no Something debate medical on that
2: care is really yeah. good i'm at in dealing. a car
0: accident yeah. i'm fucked up you know what i mean yeah, like we, yeah. we like take care of me like the, especially yep. emergency situations you should exactly. not have a bill for that yeah. absolutely in, in like, like so so we get that but i'm sorry go on
1: no but just, yeah just that the, the the there's always this fundamental and it's the whole thing with the whole how every mainstream leftist believes in lockdowns and every mainstream leftist believes in the vaccine and everything. And it's it's so, and it's like, y'all are y'all aren't ready for what we're on. You know, we were talking about some deeper shit. Like we can take this way further. Yes. And it's like you're going to see, you're going to get everything you want and realize that we're not creating the world that we want and that we need to do deeper stuff. Yeah, when it comes to preventative medicine and just holistic living. Yeah, because they uh, want subsidized. They, they,
0: their problem, I think the problem with yeah. a lot of like socialist leftists and stuff like that, and that's why I always felt like maybe I don't have a home on there, even though a lot of my beliefs yeah. might align with mm-hmm. that kind of yep. uh, thing. But I, I feel like one is they're super aggressive about it. They're like anti-vax, nope, sorry. Like yeah. you're not with me. And I'm like, wait, I wouldn't alienate you. You know what I mean? So, but, but again, that becomes the the personal freedom thing, which again, maybe puts a little libertarianism to it. You know (laughs) what I mean? And and things like that. (laughs) Maybe it does. But, um, a lot of the the socialists and I hear it from even some of my favorite podcasts and my favorite people, one, they're pro mandatory vax and two, their problem with the health system is it's not accessible and not that it's not a piece of shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. and and, our, and it's yeah. both. That's the thing. Yeah. We would have to change both things. And we talk about this on this podcast a lot is that even when you get what you want, your mentality still has to change on things, yeah. right? It's you, like, do
1: you want, yeah, do you, you want, want to...
0: subsidized McDonald's? I don't. I'm exactly. sorry. Like, that was that just, doesn't I was literally going to say that. Me. Like, do That's you want exact... that? Like, I mean, look, yeah. some people might be like, yes. But like, to me, no, I don't. Like, you know what's
1: funny about that kyle kalinsky admits he's like he eats mcdonald's he's like a huge mcdonald's fan he is they kind were of
0: eating it on he was a he had to turn it down on the joe rogan live stream it was hilarious he was of, like i just because i ate it prior joe i didn't know weird. you were buying yeah, i don't know yeah yeah
1: <laughs> it's oh, so man. weird it's so which is which shows and i love kyle i'm not hating but i mean it just shows how so much of this shit is just superficial bullshit when it comes to political projects and you know yeah. and right it's just we, well, we want the same world we just want a different flavor on it we yeah want- we want it
0: to be affordable mm-hmm. but it's the same thing that kills you with all these leading you know exactly. obesity heart disease and all that kind of stuff it's like yeah, we would have totally. to combat that as well like you'd have to and it change- also yeah. and i
1: hate to say it this this goes in there's such a extreme extreme anti-individual ind- individual aspect of, of leftism where, where yep. they're they're where on the right they're like you know you You need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You need, you know, you're you're getting you're a maid that doesn't have health care. That's your fault, you know, kind of thing. Get a better job. On the left, it's the opposite. It's like I have cancer. It's the government's fault. It's like, well, hang on, like maybe you're making maybe the choices are in there (laughs) too, you know. It's kind of yeah, and it's like it's kind of the opposite extremes, and uh, yeah, 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 and there's
0: nuance to it all. Like it's nuance to it all. So Yeah.
1: yeah,
2: I totally. I mean, I totally am with you. I mean, I. Up until very recently, like I would have, cons- still somewhat do consider myself very much a leftist, minus the fact that I'm very critical <laughs> about a lot of their oh no that's, uh, perspectives that's, yeah. Hello. Yeah, at yeah. this yeah. point. Um, and I have become more critical as I've watched what has happened this year because this whole time, most leftists that I know have just been sitting on this. You know, Trump is a fascist. Trump is a fascist. And I don't like Trump. Like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Yeah. But yeah. I'm sitting here going. No, what's fascist are like all these people that want to control our lives control perfectly healthy people mandate vaccines <laughs> and i'm like way more freaked out about that and everyone is like oh it's public health that's fine but trump uh, is the fascist and i'm like oh my god no like freaking out they about were locked very- down
0: watching that the whole time trump yeah. is literally yeah, Trump is a fascist. Trump is a fascist. Get this vaccine. Yeah. Trump is a fascist. Trump is a fascist. Stay inside. Wash your hands. Yeah, fascist. Trump is a fascist. <laughs> is a... That Post was all. Yeah, yeah. I, you can tell I have people in my family like this. That's all I'm saying. Like, <laughs> oh like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's scary. Yeah. And it's
2: like, which is actually impacting most people's lives more right now? Is it Trump's fascism or is it Corona fascism? Like, yes. Like, yeah. legitimately, people are losing their jobs. They're suicidal. They're not okay. able to leave their homes. They're like, legitimately. And then you look at like shit that's happening in Victoria, Australia. Australia, they've oh, had some yeah. of the most draconian policies. I have a friend over there who they actually had a radius of 5 kilometers that they were not allowed to go past outside of their home and there were police checkpoints and if they went farther than 5, five kilometers they would get fined like my friend has been fined several times uh that you couldn't awesome. exercise outside in public for more than an Please. hour and you couldn't do it with more than one person from outside your home too much like,
0: vitamin d get back inside yeah. buddy like <laughs> legitimately
2: yeah. the government yeah. controlling and they had way fewer cases than we ever have and oh, they were so, so yeah. freaked out about letting it spread at all that people have literally like buildings have been locked down with police surrounding them, so you can't leave to go. Hawaii, Hawaii is like that want. as well.
0: Hawaii Did is
1: you
2: like
0: see that. Yeah, yeah. Hawaii. Yeah. Like they that, do that, that is fascism.
2: Oh, yeah. That is so draconian, and and it's like oh, I I'm not saying that Corona like coronavirus is very real. There are people dying from it. Like I don't discount that at all. But it's like. This is exactly what has happened with every crisis with 9-11, with every war or whatever. We use that as an excuse to take away civil liberties and they never give them back.
0: Uh, Yeah. It's manufactured consent. Why
2: can't, like so many of the leftists I know see this now, like that's what really freaks me out. You're
0: on the right it's, podcast. I'm telling yeah, you, yeah, so. straight yeah, straight up. No, yeah. this is like we've been beating a drum, and, and oh, now everybody's gonna be so like, crazy. oh, another person that agrees with you. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, but uh the- I don't
1: know why it's so hard to see the authoritarian nature of this. Like, yeah, tr- Trump. Trump's throwing protesters in vans and he'd drive them around for an hour and then like release them. Like that's, that's fucked up. That shouldn't happen in America. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, Jesus Christ. Like what is happening? Like these, yeah, this authoritarian strain of leftism is so crazy. I'm starting to see how, I hate to say it, but like these, like, like these right wingers that are like scared of communism and shit. And like I'm starting to see why they're scared of that mindset because it's so, it, it just happens so it's, quickly. I, I, and it's I, I so, don't, uh,
0: yeah. I won't, I won't ever, fault somebody who's kind of apolitical right now but yeah. then mm-hmm. after all this is like yo i'm not a democrat i'm not, yeah, I'm dude, not a leftist because yeah. well, like, yeah. I i don't like this i lost my business you know yeah. what i mean i lost this i totally. lost my job i lost all this kind of stuff i would have rather rolled the dice mm-hmm. right i would have you know what i mean because mm-hmm. what i could have done yeah. And, yeah. and 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 look if i if i'm in that that less than somewhat 1% that dies, then, hey, I'll take because, it. Because you know what? You know
1: like, what? Le- yeah, leftists were offered, a, and Trump is all wrapped up in this with Trump TDS and everything like that. But uh, leftists were offered a choice during this whole thing of you could care more about people starving and not getting economic stimulus because we knew, we knew that Congress wasn't going to give us adequate stimulus. Like That's just so obvious from the get-go. You know? It yeah. wasn't going to happen. We were, you're really going to get down with that or you're going like, to trip on a virus for a whole year and everyone went the virus route you know and yeah. Then, yeah they're like they're surface level critical of nancy pelosi or what oh then we should get more stimulus but like don't go out of your house and it's like mm-hmm. yo and the you whole meme you like, won't you won't fight for it because
0: you won't go outside exactly, i was just saying on twitter dude, like exactly, they're yeah, just dude. like okay well, then what you're the bully that took the lunch and like give me my lunch back yeah or what
1: exactly it you know is, what yeah. i mean
0: like it's it's exactly yeah. what that is and it's like give me a stimulus or i'm sorry and, or what like you're not gonna is, do this protest and
1: like. it is a class thing and and a elite thing and a coastal thing because that's where all the jobs you know where people can fucking work from home and everything it's all it's all surface yep. level you know bougie bourgeoisie kind of i'm I'm full yeah. on one of those dudes now for sure. That's, I still want all the same policies. I still want yeah. all the same, you know, it's Yeah, just, I want it's, healthcare.
0: I just, yeah, like, I'm not done there at healthcare. You know what I mean? Exactly. I'm very yeah. pro yeah,
2: freedom crazy. at this point, which feels you know, like it's weird yeah. that the word freedom feels like it's being associated with like being right wing now. And that, like just
0: saying no. freedom is
2: like this, it's, that's been a know, long
0: sigh up. That's
2: really freaky to me because it's like, I want, I think that, yes the world is incredibly unequal and no not everyone can pull themselves w- up by their bootstraps so we need social programs
1: yeah. but
2: ideally i do think that we should all be free and we should certainly be free to make our own medical choices and yeah. what gets injected into our bodies
1: what ha- what happened is the conserve and a lot of it's wrapped up in the 9-11 thing because the freedom thing was like let's go bomb other countries and you know and yeah, imperialism, imperialism is yeah, yeah exactly yeah. but the whole thing with the the right wingers need to understand that we need dramatic wealth and financial redistribution, which is not an impingement on your fucking freedom, right? Yeah. It's like it literally creates a better world.
2: Taxes freedom are not, for everybody don't to... make you unfree. Like yeah, exactly. I'm okay with taxes, taxes that do good things. Pay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like but the, take yeah. some of my money, but let me live my life yeah. how the, I want.
1: <laughs> but the left needs to understand that you can't control and micromanage people's fucking lives, and people would hate that, and that'll never take off in, in a political yeah
0: they're like, a super and, echo chamber like they're just yeah. it's within them and whatever group chat they're in they're like this is what everyone wants yeah and yeah. and uh i i guess all right l- let me i yeah. don't want to end it on like a we're fucked note <laughs> um uh i'll give me this since you are kind of i know both of you are like this so um kind of preventative health right so anybody that listened to this podcast that maybe was a little bit normy, right? might have been like, But, you know, hey, everybody brought a good point, cited their sources, like, okay, cool. So if I want to live a healthier life, right, and I'm, I'm trying to look like I need to work, I have to work, I work I'm an essential worker, but what preventative health measures can I take, right, Vi- besides vitamin D, we already talked yep. about that, dietary, anything like that, would you suggest um, to kind of combat this, right, give, give your immune system the best chance of fighting this off?
2: whole foods plant-based diet eat as many plants and a wide variety of them as you can get rid of the meat and dairy as much as possible um don't be just hitting up mcdonald's <laughs> that's not gonna help you right now
0: they're making the mcplant have you heard
2: i <laughs> have
1: i have well,
2: i'm you know wow. i'm i'm, I'm I probably won't oh, they, ever be eating at McDonald's, even with their McPlant. Gotcha. But,
1: gotcha. <laughs> they said, um, if you to the Beyond, they're not like, nah, they're good off the Beyond Burger, right? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Right? The stonks,
2: um, the stonks
0: didn't hit hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: But
2: yeah, you go for the whole plant foods, um, yeah. vitamin D and uh, preventatively too. And this is a little bit more on COVID. Don't, if you do get COVID, don't take Tylenol as a fever reducer. Um, that I think there's a pretty decent science suggesting that um, COVID uh, severity is linked to um, glutathione levels. And it is very well documented that taking Tylenol depletes your glutathione levels. So mm. don't take Tylenol as a fever reducer if you get a mild case of COVID. Um, and there's uh, a supplement called NAC. In yeah. N acetylcysteine, maybe? Okay. Yeah, that. It. But it's it's NAC and the, it helps the
1: liver the liver it your helps acid. your I've liver boost glutathione
2: levels. Mm-hmm. Um and so if you were to get COVID or think you were exposed and were concerned, taking some of that preventatively i think would be a good supplemental choice and there's not
0: well. a, like a it's not like a huge side effect on that right either it's no
2: not, it's yeah, i you, would, you can yeah. i think you can buy it on amazon it's, used,
1: it's a hospital tool okay. they use it in hospitals for stuff and everything right. yeah, it's, it's it's insane. used yeah.
2: for like drug overdoses like if you yeah. overdose on tylenol it
0: overdose on covid yeah, yeah. cnn uh, yeah also COVID i heard i was yeah <laughs> I know, well, you just made the episode <laughs> name thank you yeah i uh, I, I just learned today that there was,
1: I didn't know, maybe you will know more about this, but you know, the whole food plant-based mm-hmm. thing for sure. But the, the re, there's always the reasons for that. And the, the hydroxychloroquine thing, mm-hmm. right. Um, which is controversial or whatever, but mm-hmm. there's actually a connection, like quercetin, you know, quercetin. Is, oh, right? I, yeah. take that. Yeah. I take that. Yeah. 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 So that, that's mm-hmm. a, that's kind of like a mild natural form of, uh hcq basically right is what i've it's kind of i think i might have
2: heard that actually so that's
1: that's like apples and red onions and all sorts of natural natural shit basically it's yeah and so like and zinc of course i take zinc (laughs) and vitamin d every
0: day oh yeah all that yeah Yeah, and i work in the sun so i'm like super like (laughs) yeah like i'm I'm pretty uh, immersed in that
2: also like um a dha epa like omega supplement okay um I was just learning about this recently because that has a little bit of the effect of being a blood thinner. And one of the risks from COVID is that you can get blood clots. And so having keeping your blood like slightly thinner by regularly taking um, omega-3 supplements is another good preventative measure. Yeah,
1: totally. Cool. Well, I
0: I really appreciate you you joining us tonight. I mean, I thought it was a really good conversation. Um, uh, We'd love to have you back on sometime. I'm sure this isn't the last of this. Mm-hmm. um we yeah in-
2: i'd be happy to i mean we didn't even get into the covid vaccine and the details yeah, of that, yeah. So.
0: yeah yeah exactly we'll do so another one and we'll you'll
1: do it and you're you're getting into the i don't want to blow it up or anything but you're starting your own podcast yourself right and you're kind planning of planning to yeah it's yeah. in the
2: works right now and so. it's all
1: about the true nature of science and how things get started it'll be all about right? the
2: nuance yeah. and yeah. not making things black and white so
1: sure it'll be really okay. popular yeah for so sure. yeah
0: as yeah. we get closer to a vaccine rollout i think we'll have to have you back on yeah because, okay cool uh, i'd love to I, uh, I think i think i think we will i think i think it'll be easy to set that up so um is there anywhere anyone can find you or do you want anyone to find you or <laughs>
2: I, uh, you can, I mean, it's going to be very different. It'll be, well, actually I'll just say, yeah, science is gray. That's going to be the podcast. It'll be very related to stuff we talked about today. Um, yeah. so I cool. have, I think you can go to sciencesgray.com right now. Okay. <laughs> um,
1: gray with an E or an A,
2: a, okay. I'm going I'm to do yeah. both, but yeah, okay. I think yeah. it's with an A right <laughs> yeah. now. People and, those domains. Uh, and go I, Daddy. Talk about uh, veganism on YouTube on a totally somewhat separate topic.
1: Okay, uh, you're under, you're vegan yeah. from birth, basically, right? Yeah, underborn vegan. Yeah. So you
2: can find me there yeah. on YouTube as Pretty
1: well. Pretty wild, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, you're thanks, better. You're, thanks. Yeah, you're you're beating all of us at our at our own game, basically. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. You're way, way, shut way shut out me out, fifty eight nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, exactly. I'm, yeah. He skunked yeah. us. Yeah. But
0: uh, yeah. The yeah. uh, so thanks, Serena, for joining us. I really, I really appreciate it. And yeah. um, uh, this is Rare Candy Podcast. You can follow us at at Rare Candy Pod One. He's Crypto Psy. I'm at Glenn Rockney. And uh, yeah. thanks again. That that was a good episode. Yeah. And we'll we'll have you back on once that vaccine really starts getting rolling. So yeah. Thank all you. Right. <laughs> all right. All right. Thanks, Serena. All right. Later.